This morning, I want to draw your attention to a book of the Bible that you probably haven't gone to too much. It's Philemon. The book of Philemon. There's only one chapter. It is actually in the Bible, yes. It's uh, actually right before the book of Titus. And before you ask, yes, Titus is a book of the Bible too. Um, it's in the New Testament. If you go toward Revelation, you just start turning backward a little bit, you'll find it. Um, it's the, the letter of Paul that he wrote to Philemon. Today we're, we're going to talk about, this is sharing your faith part two. Last week we, we hit on a lot of different things about what it was to share your faith. And some of the things we're going to hit on in today's sermon will be review. But then there's some also some new stuff that we're going to talk about as well. Because I believe God's put this as a passion and a heart to, to do this. Uh, this is more so this year than maybe any other year. I felt the urgency to ignite us to be able to share what God's doing in our life and to share our faith with other people. And so we want to talk about this process. This last week, we've spent a week of prayer, right? Had a week of prayer and fasting this last week, and we believe God's going to do some great things, some big things, right? Because when we pray, we, we're not going to just continue to just pray safe, small, general little prayers. Um, we're going to pray big, God-honoring, faith-filled, specific prayers, just like Paul prayed. Amen? Amen. One thing I find funny, you're talking about prayer, is I don't know if you've realized this or not. Some of the prayers that we pray are kind of hilarious. And if you pray this over your kids or you pray, I'm sorry. I don't mean to offend. But have you ever heard this prayer? Maybe you have. When we tuck our little three-year-old in for the night and they're all cozy in their bed and we pray a prayer like this. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And then it gets real sinister. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul today. Good night, little Johnny. Have a good night's sleep. Right? (laughs) Prayers like that. Another prayer that's super hilarious when we pray is when we pray over our food. Anybody ever notice that? We pray this prayer, and and I'm I'm as guilty as the next person. We pray, oh God, would you please bless the food that I'm going to eat, and may it nourish my body. And I'm sitting there in front of a big old bacon cheeseburger with chili fries. (laughs) May it nourish my body. Oh Lord, I don't know how you're going to do this, but turn this into kale and spinach on the way down, God. I I, I don't know what's going to go on, And, and it's really funny when we kind of think of that at the fair as we're eating those fried Oreos and fried Twinkies and stuff. Oh, God, please. There's a Christian comedian that says it this way. Change the molecular structure of this as it goes as I'm putting this terrible food down my gullet, right? We pray some pretty funny prayers. Tonight, today, I want to I talk about, on a more serious note, I want to talk about a specific prayer that Paul prays. We're going to interject here in, the, in Philemon. We're going to start with verse 4. It says, I thank God, I thank my God, always mentioning you in my prayers. Whenever I hear of your love and faith, which you have toward the Lord Jesus and for all the saints, that the sharing of your faith may be most effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you from Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and encouragement on account of your love 
because the hearts of the saints are refreshed through you, brother. Father, today I pray, help us, Lord, to grasp what we're speaking to our hearts, to hear it, to let us be here. I pray for any distractions that would be here, that they be squelched, God, in Jesus' name, that we can hear what you want to say. We thank you, Lord. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the things that is, is really, really neat about when Paul prays, and, and he, he has this in, in a couple different passages of Scripture. And when, when Paul prays a prayer, he, he, he tells them what he's praying for, and then there's two words that usually follow it, and it's either so that or that. And so he, he's telling them this. In, in Ephesians chapter 3, it, it goes like this. I pray that you would be filled with the Spirit. Why? so that Christ may dwell in your inner being. There's a reason for me praying this way. In this passage of Scripture that we're reading today, he says, I pray, I, I thank God when I mention you in my prayers, when I hear of your love and faith toward the Lord Jesus and for all the saints. Why? That the sharing of your faith might be most effective. So he, he's talking about this idea of sharing his faith. And it's one of the most important things that you can pray for for Christians is the fact that you love people. And Paul says that. He says, I hear of your love and your faith. It's a very specific prayer here that he's giving. And he says, I pray. I continue to ask this question. I pray for your love and your faith. I pray that it would expound and grow. Now, I'm going to ask this question here today of us. How, How many of you here for other Christian believers, you would want to pray that they would have a love and a full understanding for who they are in Christ Jesus, right? All of us want to be able to say that about other people. Man, they're just full of love and understanding, and they understand every good thing that Christ has done for us. And if that's the case, you should pray to be active in sharing your faith in Christ. We're going to talk about that as we go today. This is a topic that we talked about last week, the idea of sharing your faith. I want us to grasp the importance of this. Last Sunday, we filled out cards. At the end of the message, we filled out cards that have different people's names on them that we were going to pray. People that didn't know Christ. People that uh, needed a relationship with Jesus. I was so impressed as we're going through this. There's There's around 200 cards here. That's amazing. And most people had at least two names on their cards. So there's somewhere between um, 300 to 400 probably names on, on these cards of people that you're praying for, that they would come to know Christ, that they would come to have an understanding of Jesus. You know, there's something that's in common with all of these, and, and I'll share this. Yeah, the, the one thing is obvious that all of these people need Jesus. But the second thing is this. All of them had somebody that cared enough about them to write their name down. Somebody cared enough. They loved them enough to be able to write their name down. And today I want to encourage you because we've had this week of faith and, and so often, uh, this week of prayer, and so often what we do is, is we kind of say, oh yeah, I'll write that name down and I'll be praying. And then what we do is we just kind of sit it down and, and we don't do anything about it, but we just kind of let it go. And well, I spent my week praying, so that should be good enough. But I want to challenge you, will you be willing to take the next step that it wouldn't just end here with the prayer time of the end of this week, but you would continue to pray and you continue to look for opportunities to share Christ with the one that you wrote down. 
Be active in sharing your faith. I want to talk about why I would say that. I want to give you some backstory into this book of this tiny little book called Philemon. Philemon was actually a personal letter that was written to a person and not a group of people. It's one of the only ones like that in the Bible that we have in Paul's writing. He writes this letter to Philemon, who was quite honestly a second, a successful businessman. He was also somebody who hosted a small church in his home every week. You can picture this. You've got a business guy. He's got a small group meeting. One of his slaves, because at that time they owned slaves, uh, he escaped. And that slave's name was Onesimus. Onesimus ran away from Philemon, and he ran all, runs, runs, that's a good Indiana word. He ran all the way from, to Rome, where he met, meets up with the Apostle Paul. We don't know exactly how it happened, but what we do know is that Paul led this slave into a relationship with Jesus. This guy's massively transformed. This is totally, it's a real deal experience. And Onesimus is like, man, I need to go back to Philemon. His life has been changed. I need to go back and make things right because Jesus has changed my life. So I need to go and, and make this right. And so Paul, what Paul does is he writes this letter to Philemon because he's a friend of Paul's. And he's vouching for Onesimus here. Basically, Philemon, you need to understand this, that Jesus has come and he has changed this guy's life. And he's coming back to you, and I want you to receive him as a brother in the Lord because that's exactly who he is. Paul's writing this very heartfelt, very emotional plea to his friend, this business owner. And this letter is on behalf of the slave who's been transformed. If you start in verse 4, Paul says to his friend Philemon, he says, I always thank God for you in my prayers. Why does he thank God? For two reasons. Number one, he thanks him for his love for Jesus. And what else? Because of his love for all the saints. He says, I thank God, Philemon, because I hear that you love other Christians in such a beautiful way. I thank God because of your faith in Jesus and because of your deep follower of the Lord. And then in verse 6, what he says this, he prays, I pray that you might be what? Active in sharing your faith. Why would you put that in there? Don't miss this. I pray that you be active in sharing your faith. Why? Because so that what? The most effective, so that you may be acknowledge every good thing that is in you from Christ Jesus. A full understanding of who we are in Christ, that, that you may be able to grow in your faith, that you would have full understanding of everything that you have in Christ. Why would Paul pray this? Because that's what we want. Isn't that the desire of all of us? To have a full understanding of who we are in Christ and what Christ has meant to us. Now, for a moment here, I want to read into this story, I, because sometimes I, I like to take this and I like to think about it, and I just want to come right off the front. This is not in your Bible. This is not uh, something that I'm going to have you make some kind of theological canon from, but what I do want you to understand is this is my theory about this. This is how I feel like this kind of went down. The slave runs away, and he gets to Rome, and he meets Paul. Now, you can picture this, right? 
He runs to Rome and he meets Paul. And maybe he's hurting. Maybe he's asking questions. He's probably afraid. He's probably got some spiritual lostness going on or something. And Paul hits it off with this guy. And Paul tells him this. He says, oh man, I, I was just like you. And he begins to share his story with Onesimus. And Onesimus comes to know Christ. And, and this, this slave is like, man, I need that. And he prays this prayer, and man, boom, he's transformed instantly. Paul starts talking to him, like, and you start a little more cordial conversation. Oh, man, hey, where are you from? You probably said that to people, right? Different places. Hey, where are you from? And he goes, and he starts to say, well, actually, you know, I worked for a guy named Philemon. And Paul's like, what? Philemon? Dude, he's a friend of mine. Are you kidding me? You used to work for Philemon? He's an amazing dude. He's got, a, he's got a house church in his home. And then he starts to think a little bit more. Wait, 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 wait. You used to work for Philemon? And you're not a follower of Jesus? Hmm. You mean Philemon never told you about the Lord? Hmm. And so Paul writes this letter to Philemon. He says, I thank God for what I hear about your faith in Christ and your love for the saints. Philemon, I'm so impressed that you love Jesus and that you love church people. Mm. See where I'm going with this? Philemon, I'm so impressed to the fact that, that man, you, you are, you've got it going on and you're showing great things. You've got the church going in your house and that's awesome. And you're loving God's people like crazy. But then he goes this, he says, but that I want you to be active in sharing your faith. Even with those who might be with you every single day. You know, sometimes I wonder, sometimes as Christians, we are really good at loving church people. We get together for chicken because that's the gospel bird. We get together and have a lot of fun, and, and we do those kind of things, and we're really great at loving and hanging out with church people, but I, I wonder sometimes, are we active in sharing our faith so that the people that we come in contact with every day, that might be your family, that might be people you work with, you go to school with, those kind of people every day, they wouldn't know if you were a Christian or not, and you haven't shared that with them. Paul's doing this because I, I think that he knows what was true for Philemon that's true today is one of the most dangerous places for us to be as Christians is to be, have an inward focus and an inward-looking, self-centered version of Christianity where instead of loving those who are far from God, we start judging those who are far from God. It's getting quiet in here. Instead of having an attitude to reach out, we have an attitude of trying to retreat. Before long, there's a lot of people like, oh man, you need to stay away from those people. They're bad. Stay away from, from those people. Those are non-Christians. Those are the ones that listen to secular music and let their kids watch SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't know where that came from. but Oh, my goodness. Anyway, you need to retreat from them. 
You need to retreat. But the last thing that Jesus said before he ascended into heaven was, was not this. He did not say, hey, Christians, go in your house and hide. He says, go into the world and shine. Go into the world and preach the gospel. Baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Having made disciples, disciple those people because you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. Don't run from darkness. You shine in the darkness. I'm not condoning a darkness lifestyle to reach dark people. That's not what I'm saying at all because if you become dark, you're no different than them. But what I am condoning is this, is that we have the power and the capability to be light in a dark place. The problem is so often we can become inward looking and then we start arguing over stupid things. And that's not the right version of the Bible that we should be reading. Paul, I can almost hear him say this. He says, Philemon, be active, always sharing in your faith. Be active in doing that. You're a Christ follower. And today, he probably would have said, yeah, I know it's important. I know, I know, I know, I know. I know this is important. Maybe you're here today and you're saying the same thing. You're a Christian here and you know that. I know that sharing my faith is important. I get it. I know, I know, I know. Can I share something that stats kind of help us with? Here's the the statistic. Even though we know that, the percentage is that one out of every ten of you will share your faith this week. Ten percent. I know I should be sharing my faith. I know I should be living for the Lord. I know I should be putting it out there, but only one in ten does it. So why don't we do this. I, I shared points last week, and I'm not going to rehash all of those. Uh, I encourage you, if you didn't, if you missed last week, to get online. It's on there. Um, you can get online and, and grab that. But um, there's one thing that that I wanted to spend a little bit more time with today, and, and that's this: is a lot of times we refrain from sharing with people. One of the reasons is because we feel like we don't know enough. We feel like we don't know enough. And if we would just know more, if, if I just knew uh, more, I'd do it more. I just feel so inadequate. I feel like I, I just don't understand. If I knew more, I'd share my faith. And Paul's implying that through this prayer, that's not really what happens. Is that when you share your faith, then what happens? You understand more. To illustrate this, I've got a, a, illust- a circle that I want to put up on the screen. And it, and it goes like this. You see, uh, we're, we're supposed to... Share our faith. Paul is saying that you would do what? That you would constantly share your faith in Jesus. So we start up here with this idea of sharing our faith. And when we share our faith, what begins to happen? If you share our faith, the byproduct of that is this. Lives are impacted. Lives are impacted because you're willing to share your faith. And then what begins to happen is God, whether that was you seeing the fruit of someone come to know Christ, or maybe you were the one that planted the seed, or maybe you were just watering the seed, but God is doing something in the heart of somebody else, and and that's because you shared your story. You've shared what Christ has done in, in you. And then Paul is showing us that this is happens, that when you share your faith, when you share and lives are impacted, what begins to happen next? You get an understanding of who God is. You learn more. You grow deeper. 
in your relationship with Jesus. You're falling in love with Him more when you share your faith. You're understanding what it means to walk in the Spirit and not in your own confidence of who you are. Is everybody with me? Okay. What happens is then you get a very outward evangelistic approach a focus of reaching people. And we're called to do two things really well, to love God and to love people. And what happens is when you share your faith, lives are impacted. You grow in your understanding and then you have this outward focus and it's just a cycle. It's just a great cycle that we get into. I want to be honest with you and say this. I, I, I kind of doubt, if you're, not, if you're someone who's not sharing your faith, you are limiting your spiritual growth. And you are not growing to the place where you need to be in Christ. There I said it. You know how I know that? It's because this part of it wasn't optional. Oh, I know you hate to hear that. Oh, I, I like the worship songs, and I, I don't mind the prayer time, and I like the handshaking and the gospel bird, and I like all that stuff, Pastor. But then you started talking about sharing my faith with other people. That makes me uncomfortable. Hmm. That's part of this. It's part of this walk with Jesus. He's called us to not just sit by and do nothing. You, there is no plan B. I said that last week. You are plan A. And God wants to use us to speak into the lives of people. And if you're not doing that, I'm challenging you with this thought today that you are not growing because you have not gotten to this point here of understanding why? Because you're not doing this. If you're not sharing, you're not understanding. At least that's what I read from Paul. And so what do we do? I want to be, first of all, I want to be full of a church that prays. We pray for unbelievers. We lift them up. Pray that God, we show them God's love. Pray for ourselves that we would continue to share our faith. Can I just encourage you this? If you have teenagers in your home, pray for the teenagers. Pray for your kids. Pray for your spouse. Pray for our church staff. Pray for the Christians that you work with, go to school with. Pray for those people in your Sunday school class. Pray that you, pray for me, pray for all of us that we would continue to share our faith in Christ. Because once you get to that point, church, you've got to understand and grasp this heart. God does something great in you as you begin to share your faith. Last week we talked about, I gave some ways to share your faith. I want to give a couple more this week. I'm going to rehash on two. I'm going to review two of them that I gave last week, but I want to give two new ones this week. Different ways to share your faith very quickly. Number one is this. You can be loving but direct. You can be loving but direct at the same time. Acts chapter 2, Peter has the multitude of people there. And he, he tells them this in verse 38, says, repent. You need to repent of your sins, turn to God, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Boom. Hashtag, that's direct. Right? 
That is to the point. Notice what he doesn't say. He doesn't say, well, you know, hey guys, um, I'm kind of thinking that maybe you ought to like explore some spiritual options. You know, I, I think that maybe, you know, you, you should think about what might happen um, if, you're, if, if, if you pass from this life to the next. He, he doesn't give them that. What does he say? He just is really to the point, and he says, you need to repent of your sins. Turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus as direct as you can be. There are times when the Holy Spirit's going to lead you to be direct. And you're like, oh man, I can't say that. If it's the Holy Spirit leading you, I'm going to guarantee you one thing. Can I do that? If the Holy Spirit's leading you to speak to somebody in a direct manner, he's already working on the other side of it. If God is directing you to say something and you know it's God and you feel it welling up inside of you, I can guarantee you that on the other side of it, he's already preparing something. And he's waiting for you to be obedient in the sharing. Sometimes you got to be direct when he leads you. Now, I'm not talking about being the jerko Christian-o. I'm talking about when the Holy Spirit leads you to do that. And you've, Some of you have had that opportunity. And maybe you've had that opportunity and you passed on it. Can I just encourage you, when he prompts you to move forward and take that step of boldness, it requires an act of your obedience. Step forward and do that. Be direct. The second thing is this, and this is review. I've got new ones on the ends, two in the middle of review, okay? This one's this, and we talked about it earlier with Angie. You can share your story. Every one of us has a powerful story of being a Christ follower. We talked about that last week. We talked about the blind man who Jesus healed, and when they questioned him, he just simply said this, I don't know, but I'm blind, and now I was blind, but now I see. You know, some of you, your greatest love weapon is this. All I know is I used to be an addict, but because of Jesus, I'm not. All I know is I used to be hurting, but because of Jesus, I've got peace. All I know is I used to be lost, but now I'm found. Some of you got some pretty really wild stories. (laughs) Some of you would be like, man, I used to smoke weed. I used to drink whiskey. I used to shoot heroin, but Jesus saved me. Some of you, it's not quite that dramatic. Some of you, I used to smoke Cheetos. <laughs> I used to drink NyQuil, and I used to shoot squirrels, but Jesus saved me. <laughs> it, you know. Whatever your version of the story is, God will use it to impact other people. It's amazing how often your stories interact with people that you're talking to. Because you'd be telling your story and all of a sudden somebody else say, oh, that happened to you? I, I lost a child too. Oh, oh, that, that happened to you? I, I lost my spouse too. Well, that, that happened to you? I was, I was rejected by the church too had this happen to me, and let me tell you what God did. And You can be loving and direct, but you need to share your story. Your story is one of the greatest things you have. The, th- the next thing is this, and this is review too. You can invite somebody to church. You know, we, 
we talked about this. This encouraged me a lot. Last week, we had a stack of these out at the Welcome Center. When I went back out later in the week, we had two. That excites me. These are little invite cards that we use for you in the back row. They say, by Assembly well, of God, you can get them on the Welcome Center if you want one. I got to be honest. When I invite people to church, I don't tell them that I'm the pastor. At least not unless they ask. That just sounds really self kind of applauding to me. Uh, and the reason I say that is this, because how do you do that? You know, I'd like for you to come to my church. I'm the pastor. I preach really good. <laughs> I mean, at least that's what my mom used to tell me. <laughs> I, I teach really good, right? I, how do you do that? So, so for me, I, we met a lady in, this week in Zanesville, and uh, my wife and I were talking. It was actually on Friday, and we had our late night prayer meeting Friday night. What a great time we had in that time throwing that out there, but what a great time that was with the Lord, but she asked us, we were, it, was, it was about three or four in the afternoon, she said, what are you doing tonight? Bing! Opportunity. Bing! My wife says, oh, we're going to be praying most of the night. Really? What's that look like? We began to share what that looked like a little bit, and then it opened up a door for us to be able to share our faith. And she said this, well, my, my, my daughter goes to church with my, with her, my, my parents, my, her grandparents every week. She begins to tell me different Bible stories, and she starts sharing this stuff with me. And we're like, oh, well, what about you? Now, she lives in Zanesville, and so, I mean, we've got people that live in Zanesville that come. But um, at the end of the day, we, had, we didn't have one of these. I know you're thinking, bad pastor. I didn't even have an invite card. That's terrible. But what we did have is we have one of those Good Shepherd Pie invite cards. And so we're like, well, I know I don't have service times on it, but it's got the website. How about that? It's got the website on it. Check out the website. you have access to that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check out the website. And, then we, and further in the conversation, got going, oh, yeah, my dad lives in Cambridge. He works at Colgate. I'm like, sweet. We got a lot of guys that work at Colgate from our church. And uh, that's awesome. And then one thing led to another. And I'm going to check you guys out. I don't know what will happen with that, but a simple invite. And let God plant the seed. Simple invite. She might be listening to this message this week. I don't know. But a simple invite. Anybody can do that. Take, take a card. Say, Man, here's the times. I'll pick you up. We'll go to eat at McDonald's or Wendy's or whatever you like to go afterward. Use them. Invite people to church. The fourth one is this. You can live a life that other people will want. You can live a life that other people want. There's a, a passage of Scripture. It's in, I believe it's Acts chapter 16. It's a story of Paul and Silas. They've been arrested um, for sharing their faith. And this is a crazy story. And, and they get put into prison. And what do these crazy guys do? In the middle of the jail cell, what do they do? They have a worship service. And they're singing praises to the Lord and, and worshiping God. And the jailer's got to be looking at them and think, man, most people, when they get to this place, they don't worship. Hmm. And there's something different about these dudes, right? And so what happens is suddenly there's an earthquake that comes and God sends the earthquake and the jail doors fly open and they're free and the jailer's like, well, the law is that if people escape that I'm going to be dead so I might as well save them the time and kill myself. And then Paul says, wait, 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 don't kill yourself, we're all right here. We're all right here, everybody's good, it's cool. 
And they started showing love to this guy. Basically, this guy asked them this question. He says this, what must I do to be saved? In other words, what, you know what he's telling them? He's saying, I want what you have. I don't know what's going on here. I don't know what's different about you dudes. You started praying and praising and singing praise to God in the middle of this jail, dark, dungy, terrible, rat-infested jail cell. And I don't know what's going on with you, but whatever it is, I want what you got. What do I have to do to be saved? There are those of you that when you live your life with God in such a way, maybe you found out that you have cancer. Maybe you found out that you have some kind of things and and people look at you and they understand that, man, I'm not rocked by this. I've got peace through this. Well, how do you do that? How, How do we get to that place? It's because I've got the grace of Christ carrying me. I've got Jesus undergirding me. I've got a friend that sticks closer than any brother and I've got a life that I'm gonna live with Christ. Whether he takes me from this earth to heaven or he heals me right here, I know that my life's with Christ. And people are looking at you and they're deciding, you know, hey, I want what they have. You stop to think about it and this guy, you know, he just tells him in a roundabout way. He just says, man, the grace of God's transformed my life. And if you want to have what I have, I'd love to share it with you. Let me tell you three things that happen. Let me close with this thought. Three things that happen when when you share your faith. Number one is this. You get to play a part in someone's divine story. You get to play a part in a divine story. That is so awesome. Because you get to play a part in somebody's spiritual story. You might just be simply planting a seed. You may be the guy that's doing that. You may be the gal that's watering it. You may play just a very small part, or maybe that person, maybe somebody else has been doing that along the way, and you're the person that gets to reap the harvest and lead them to Christ. But whatever the opportunity, you get to make a difference in someone else's life. And when you do, oh man, I got to tell you, there's nothing that brings more spiritual momentum into your heart and your faith to your heart. Why? Because you get that understanding mode again. It's awesome. The second thing that when you share your faith, you know what happens to you? Your faith grows. Your faith grows. You're having a conversation with someone and you don't know what to say, and you're like, man, oh, what do I say here? And then all of a sudden, boom, a Bible verse pops into your head. And you're like, where'd that come from? Right? And then you're like, oh, that must be God. And you start praying for a person, you start praying more for people, and all of a sudden your faith starts to grow and they expand in your walk with the Lord. I'll tell you an example. This happened in the life of my grandfather. My grandfather was someone who at a very young age was called to be a minister. But he was also um, someone that ran away from, from that calling. Joined the military, served his country, and then became a, a math teacher, a middle school math teacher. In fact, my wife had him for middle school math. And then he used to tell people, I never had him for math because he'd say, I didn't want to have to explain why you were hanging out my window by your ankles on the second story. <laughs> so I never had him for math. And he used to always um, get so frustrated with my parents because we went to church instead of coming over. We would go to church instead of coming there and being there on Sunday morning. We'd have people from out of town, family or somebody come in from out of town, and, and they would get so frustrated because they had to wait till church was over for us to eat. 
you should have been here before then. They get so mad and so blah, 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 blah. I didn't know all this was going on. It kind of sheltered me from that. But when I met Christ, my grandpa started to watch my life. And he saw that I was heading into full-time ministry. And I believe in the process of that, God began to grip his heart. And he came to church. We, I used to invite him all the time. And he came to church just to see what it was all about. And he gave his heart to Jesus. And he started this amazing process of growing with the Lord and, and sharing his faith. And he was always real good at fixing stuff around the church, so that's how he kind of started. He could fix about anything. And he started fixing a bunch of stuff. And then all of a sudden, he decided that, he wanted, that God wanted him to play a bigger role. He wanted to do more. So he started sharing his faith with other people a little bit around town and around people he worked with and, and people he hunted with. And all this kind of just kind of happened. And then he stepped up and he played Jesus in, the, in our Easter play at church. My 70-year-old grandpa played Jesus. They have pictures of him. All oh, is great. He played Christ in the Easter play. Then our church, we had at our church when I was growing up, we had a circle drive. And what he did is he coordinated this ministry at, in the circle drive. And, and what would happen is you come into one side of the drive, and by the time you exit it, you got the whole gospel message. He began to they began to share the story of the gospel message as, as you went out because souls were important to my grandfather. By the end of his life, they were traveling the country looking for opportunities to do construction, looking for opportunities to share their faith, to work for Jesus. In fact, one of the things that was said about him and his funeral was something I didn't even know. His pastor at the time was, was sharing this at the, at the service, and he says, one thing I remember about Glenn Irwin is that whenever he, there was a time when he would come into my, my office and he would come in and say this, Pastor, what can I do to reach more people for Jesus? What can I do to, to touch one more life for Christ? What, what is it that you have or something that you can tell me that would help me to make sure that I could do this? That was his heart. Thank God for that heritage. And because of that, you know what began to happen in my grandfather? His faith began to grow. His walk with God began to grow. Why was that? Because when you share your faith, lives are changed. And you have a deeper understanding of who Jesus is. And what he's called you to. And you have an outward focus. The final thing is this. When you share your faith, you remind them of what you have in Christ. That's why you have a full understanding. For some of you, there was a time in your life when you were really passionate about Jesus, but maybe now you're not so much. I guarantee you, from the time that you were passionate until now, one thing happened. You quit sharing your faith. You quit sharing your faith. And you started to look inward instead of outward. When you're telling people the story of your story and how God's transformed your life, and you're telling people that, I, I, I'm never... It's just, it's amazing how it's happened. I never get sick of hearing that. It's like it happened for the first time all over again. And you say things like, yeah, God's going to do, and he's going to give you, he, God doesn't promise you the perfect life, and he doesn't say that you're never going to have problems, but what God does do is he says, listen, I know that in the midst of those problems, God's going to give you supernatural peace and give you the ability beyond your human ability to understand what's going to go on.
The very Spirit of God moves into the life of a Jesus follower. And that Spirit should convict you and and equip you and comfort you and empower you. And suddenly you start walking by faith and not just by sight. Those are the things we share with our faith and we learn. That's why it's important to share. Because when we share, lives are changed. We get a deeper understanding of who God is and it causes us to have an outward focus. Hallelujah. Would you bow your heads this morning? Father, I ask today that we would take this this word and we would be active. I believe, God, that you've placed this on my heart, and that's why I feel like, Lord, you've directed me to share about this the last couple weeks. You've, You've placed this on my heart. Because I think it's a big part of what you have for our church in this season. Is that, Lord, you want us to be active. I believe, Lord, that this is going to be the greatest year of people coming to know Christ that maybe this church has ever known. I believe that. But it starts with us. Us being willing to share our faith. pray, God, that you give us opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to share the good news and the love of Christ. With your heads bowed today and eyes closed, maybe you're a follower of Jesus. I want to ask you if you'll add this of things to pray for. You're already praying for those folks that don't know Christ. You're praying for those people. Maybe you wrote down a list or maybe you didn't write one down, but you know somebody. Would you just simply pray every day that you would be active in sharing your faith and that you'd see the opportunities that God's putting in front of you every day. We were talking in our board meeting this last week and Brother Mike said this. He says, if you'll pray for opportunities, I guarantee God will give you one. I believe that. Will you do that this week? You pray for opportunities to share your faith. And if you're willing to do that today, if you're willing to say, Pastor, I, I hear what you're saying. I, wanna, I don't want to be inward focused. I want to be outward focused. I want to be growing in my walk with God. And part of that growth process is you've got to be willing to share. Paul's challenge to Philemon, he says, listen, Philemon, you're doing a great job. I know you love Jesus. He says, I know you love the Lord. I know you have a a relationship with Christ and you're doing a great job loving the people in the church, but here's what I need. Don't forget, be active in sharing your faith. Be active in sharing your faith. And today you'd say, you know what, Pastor, I want to make that part of my prayer list. I want to make that part of my prayer time. Would you slip up your hand to the Lord right now and just say, God, that's me. I'm going to make that active. I'm going to make that active in my prayer time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Praise God. Father, I thank you in advance today that those that we love are going to draw closer to you. I thank you, Lord, that we're going to take those opportunities and we're going to share our faith. And I pray as we get those moments that we would see them clearly and, God, that you would begin to prepare and speak to our hearts. Because I believe we're going to have multiple opportunities to serve someone in the name of Jesus, to love someone in the name of Jesus to encourage someone in the name of Jesus, to pray for them, to listen to them that's hurting, to point them toward the goodness of Jesus. 
I pray, God, you give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to discern. That every single day, it would be part of our lives. We would be active and look for those opportunities to share our faith. As you're still praying today, there's some of you maybe right now that you've heard what is possible, man, to have this relationship with Christ. You've heard a story from, you've heard Angie's story. Maybe you've heard other people's story of how they were involved in alcohol and, and drugs and uh, just life and, and things have happened. But they met Jesus and their life was changed. The reality is maybe you're here and you, you can even be a church person and not have that story, not have that walk with Christ. Can I tell you, I was a church person. That was my story. I went to church, but I didn't have an understanding of who God was. I didn't know Him personally. And there's those of you here today, and you're like, man, I'm not a religious person. I'm not really a church person. Or maybe you're here today and say, you know what? I want to go to Christ. I want to come to God, but I've got to clean up my life first. Can I tell you that's the wrong order? You don't wait to understand before you share. You share, then you understand. You don't clean up your your self to come to God. You come to God, and then He'll clean you up. There are those of you that right now that say, you know what, I really don't have a spiritual story. Well, guess what? You're here today because your story is about to start. And your story might go something like this. I was hurting and I was lost and I came to this church thing this morning and I prayed to God and then boom, everything, my life, my perspective changed. I was dying under the weight of my sin and I never really thought that I could ever be forgiven because of all the bad things that I'd done. But I prayed for forgiveness and I believe and I know in my heart that Jesus forgave me and boom, you start your story. I was addicted. I was lost. I was hurting. My marriage was falling apart. I didn't know which way to turn. I turned my life over to Jesus. And I tell you, He invaded my life with His love. And I've never, ever been the same. And today, perhaps you're here and we're one of those. Maybe that story connects with you. And today, you're waiting for your spiritual story to begin. And it starts when you recognize your need for a Savior. Your need for God. That God gave His only Son so that you could have life. Today you're here and you say, you know what, Pastor? I want to start my spiritual story today. I want to accept Jesus into my life today. If that's you, would you slip up your hand? We want to pray with you this morning. Is there anyone here this morning? I want to start this spiritual story with Jesus today. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. I believe God's speaking to your heart today. As we close in prayer, I just want to challenge you. Just like Paul shared with, uh, with Philemon, be active in sharing your faith. Be active in doing that. Father, today I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for 
words of Scripture that challenge us. Thank you, Lord, for people who are in our life that have been mentors and caused us to grow, people that have prayed for us. Thank you, Lord, that today there are folks here this morning who've made a decision that they're going to step out and do and be what you've called them to be. And we're going to be active in it. I thank you, Lord, for that. God, I pray you bless us this week. Give us opportunities to share. Give us opportunities, God. Let us see them with our spiritual eyes and obey with what you say. In Jesus' name, amen.